ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. My name is Jake Botel, and I'm joined in the Zoom studio by Sambo and Johnny. How are ya? Pretty fucking fantastic. Ooh. Yes. Very good. Very good. Could be better, but still pretty fantastic. You could be better than pretty bloody fantastic. Yep. Jesus say. Christ. Strong, strong uh, What's your statements going? out the gate. I'll, I'll have what he's having. <laughs> um, not going to give away his secret, John. No. He's sitting I could on a say secret. Not having kids or something, but I won't say that. <laughs> we might, we might lose some, we might lose some listeners if we. John's... I, we got away with shitting on Christmas. I think if you, if you, if you shit on children, like yeah. the young version of all of us, yeah. we might yeah. offend some people. <laughs> Great. New listeners, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> we're, off to, we're off to the races. Welcome to Chaps Cats. John, 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 John might be just one of those, those, like, those pranksters, you know, like the people who, like, spit on people as they go under a bridge. But John's taken it to a whole other level where he just waits for people to pass and then just, you know, defecates on people. <laughs> this is a rough start for anyone who hasn't yeah. listened to the pod before. Um, that's some supreme bowel control if you're able to do that yeah i mean just wait your bowel control uh skills are rumored across the land as being just amongst king arthur's finest uh now would be a really great time (laughs) i think um to to do a practice ad read i'm just going to pop this in right here i think this is because this is you know we've got to get serious here as as three mediocre whites we're still waiting for the the offers from manscaped uh yep. still hasn't raid happened shadow legends. raid shadow legends all of that stuff so um is meundies still a thing meundies is that still one squarespace stamps.com i don't know um but basically uh what, what we've what on we've just... academy <laughs> that's right on it um we'll literally push anything uh but no one has offered us anything to push yet i mean we won't push anything um like you know there's there's some things that are off limits uh not as many as you might think but but we decided last week that it'd be time to start basically auditioning ourselves so sam i sent you some copy some fake ad copy uh and yes yes and so it's your job tonight to to pitch yourself as as an ad reader to pitch the pod as an ad reader you know there's there's people out there who listen to the first five minutes of this podcast and went i want my product advertised on that show um i don't know if we want their business but um you it's over to you now sam uh who is this episode of the chaps chat cats brought to us by tonight's episode of the chaps chat cats is brought to you by gift lords Struggling to find a gift for that special someone, pondering the existential question of what to get that person who has everything. Random plus one is coming for Christmas and you're one gift short under the tree. Look no further than Gift Lords, your one-stop shop for any gifts for anyone. They have carpentry tools, artisanal bagels, (laughs) stuffed medieval pheasants, sleep tanks, exotic reptiles, uh, machines for taking the lint out of your belly button. Fantastic. Machines to put lint back in your belly button for fashion <laughs> needs. And of course, all manner of items to put on, around, and in any orifice you can think of. <laughs> gift lords. Source gifts from all over the planet, all over the universe. We can source gifts from any occasion. Now, my personal user experience with gift yes. lords, of course, Please, was, Sam. was through a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, He'll go unnamed, of course, for, uh, for confidentiality. Let's just call him Hon. Uh, it's it's a, not wow. based in any any actual person. Now, this friend no. of mine had a very specific need. You see, yes. his uh, he had very um, unique requirements for his bowel movements that they oh. needed to be released at very specific times. Yes. Sometimes on an overpass. I didn't oh. ask why. Yeah. <laughs> now, in this in this scenario. Of course, our friend uh, Pon yes. contacted me, desperate for a product that could help him out of this particular predicament. And I said, gift lords. We went on there, ordered a special diaper with a bladder inside it that stores the feces, 
and allows you to release it at a moment's notice whenever you might wow. require it was wow. it was truly life-changing it was truly mm. life-changing it's uh he, once once he tried the bladder diaper he he really didn't look back literally because he was so confident the shit was going where he needed it to go <laughs> he didn't need to check Top <laughs> gift lords now and use the offer code chaps to get 125 percent discount for the wow. rest of your life on all their products <laughs> lord that that's a hell of a that's a hell of a deal, Sam, that's, from Gift Lords. That is a hell of a deal. <laughs> that's right. They're so confident they'll pay you twenty five percent of the price, just so you'll take it. <laughs> I'm I'm really glad that we could help our friend Hon that's out funny. there, and you could you should absolutely, absolutely. go and uh, yeah source source some quality goods off Gift Lords. Uh, good luck finding them online. Uh, no, nice work, Sam. <laughs> I, th I think you've you've aptly demonstrated your ability. Um, to whore yourself to for stick the to a script or, yeah. or maybe yeah. maybe not maybe not <laughs> maybe not the, the stick to the script certainly my ability to fill a certain allocated amount of time with a certain amount of words <laughs> are you guys ready to get into a recap of the game absolutely yes let's get it on cool bro you catch the game last night the cats headed uh for home the roller coaster continued in 2022. Uh, in week nine, after a cracking victory on the road over GWS last weekend, the game against the Saints started promisingly, uh, with Geelong bossing much of the first half. However, despite having the bulk of the play, the Cats were unable to capitalize uh, to the fullest extent on the scorecard, which turned out to be an ill omen, as the Saints dominated the third term to crank open a 16 point advantage. At the final change as you can always count on the cats rallied and but for their wayward goal kicking they kicked three goals for in the final term might have pulled off a thrilling comeback the final score chaps 13 12 90 the saints geelong 11 14 80 a 10 point loss and we're back once again in the part of the cycle where cats twitter loses its collective shit and the media starts asking about the average age of the list as with everything the I think, truth i think if you've got it there, Jake, I think we've got a, a recording, I believe, that we've used before, mm -hmm. um, a brand new recording of the, the general consensus from the cat Twitter. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, it's, it's, let me just find that because it's, it's an excellent one. This is, uh, this is the one. <laughs> yeah. Was that the one you're after? That was the... That was exactly the one I was asking. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> um, there's actually there's actually um, extended uh, footage of of Cat's Twitter if we want to hear it um, in in all its glory. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in a glass case of emotion. Yeah. So that's. That's about how it played out. They always raise a good point. If yeah. You want a real clear, concise analysis of, uh, of how the game went. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you're going to get full <laughs> com comprehensive feedback and where every single player did wrong and why certain mm. players should never be back, allowed back in the side because they screwed the game over and all right. that. Cause you know, and their but, hair is far too long. Yeah. So what, what are well, your thoughts? on the game lads yeah they, I, look i did see some smiles at times from the cats um that's probably a bad sign disgusting uh, what, <laughs> johnny i'll go to you first because i'm pretty sure sam uh hit lead last weekend uh what were your thoughts on the game in general in general um pretty exciting fast paced start and it was it was looking good as you said the start looked fantastic like we carried on carried on from the week before but i um, just couldn't it was weird because we didn't miss many of our opportunities. Like some of the opportunities were a bit tough. Cameron obviously missed two that he normally sinks, mm. but he's in that slump, that weird wave that he's on where he's good, really on fire one week and then the next week he can't kick a barn, side mm. of a barn at all, no matter where he's from. So it's really frustrating to see that still creeping into his game each week and it sort of leaks out into the entire squad when he, he's having an off night. The whole team just seems to have an off night as well. 
Um, yeah, but the first half, that was I was really excited. I was like, yes, we're on. We're going to have a good, comfortable win. We're not going to blow them out of the water, but we'll keep this lead nicely. And then that third quarter was, was sort of like watching a, a, a tide come in and take away your sandcastle a little bit at a time, and then it just a wave came in and ripped it out from underneath you and smash your face into the sand and go, yeah, take that. I think um, I think I'm I, I think I'm sadder at John's metaphor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was slow at the start, it? it was just it just got ripped out from underneath you, and next you turn your back for a second, and it's gone. Um, that, yeah, that's a quarter. I think one of the most disappointing quarters the Cats have played all year. They didn't really seem to put much of a fight. They put a bit of a fight in at the start. And the Saints were coming, but then after that, the the midfield just couldn't get their hands on the ball at all. And defensively, they held up really well for as long as they can. But as we said before, there's only so much any defence can hold out held out against before it just becomes a bit too much. Yeah. And then that fourth quarter was just pretty much the same as the third. It was we got back into it, and then just couldn't follow through properly. So it was, I think it was just one of those games that's really frustrating for the whole squad. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, review, a lot of um, hopefully not pointing fingers, but just you know telling players that they need to lift a bit more, lift that intensity a bit more than what they showed on the on the weekend. Um, Sambo, uh, that third quarter. Um... You know, it was an interesting one because the Cats actually kicked two of the first three goals. Um, the Saints goaled first after three and a half minutes. Then Zach Tui kicked one after six. Tommy Hawkins kicked one after eight. So they'd, they'd extended their halftime lead out by an extra goal. But then the Saints kicked six goals between the 14-minute mark and the 33-minute mark. Uh, one goal right on the siren, obviously. To take a 16-point advantage to the final change. I mean, obviously, want your, your general thoughts on the game too, but what did you think went, like, wrong in that third quarter for the Cats? What went right for St. Kilda, um, I guess, too? But... I mean, sort of everything went wrong in that third quarter. Um, but I do, th- I do think our follow-up was a little, little lacking, especially in the defence, that we maybe did that and crashed that initial pack, spoiled that initial ball, um, but the, the second and third efforts in the defense in that quarter, um, like there was a lot of goals that it, it, we not necessarily should have, but could have got out of our back half much quicker. Um, and I think a lot of it was, we lost some of our structure, ding, ding, Sam said the word structure. Uh, <laughs> we, we like the, they, they came at us hard and fast as we knew that they probably would at some point, we thought it would might've been earlier. Um, so maybe we were lulled into a bit of a false sense of security when they didn't come out hard in the second quarter. Um, and when they came out in the third, I think we, you know, we had some young heads out there as much as everyone says, blood, the youth, get the, get the youth out there. Um, you know, we are, as you've said, Jake, we're a bit of a mishmash of stages of, of careers at the moment. Um, and this isn't a side like Melbourne that's been playing together for, you know, years and all come up at the same level and, and a gelling. So there's when the chips are up, uh, things are pretty good. And when the chips are down, it can take a, it can take a while to turn the ship around because it takes a while for the for the um, the communication to reach the top to the bottom. I think, mm-hmm. um, and to have that take effect, which I think it did in the fourth quarter. I think we won the fourth quarter. I think it was closer than the second first and second. Um, but I think I mean I know we did on the scoreboard, but I think just general play wise, I think we won the fourth quarter. Um, but just not by enough. But had we put more of a cushion on earlier, I don't think the game plan would have would have gone out the window as much. I think the wind might have been taken out of the Saints' sails. And when they did make that push, we would have had a bit of a, a buffer. And Chris Scott admitted that in the in the presser that when we're up, we're not being we're not good enough when we've got the foot on the on the throat, we're not like putting it because you've got to expect that they're going to come at some point when you come out hard, which we are pretty much every week at the moment, we're coming out strong. 
Um, and it would be ridiculous to think that any side other than Essendon in, in round one are going to like just keep doing the same thing. They're going to get flogged for the first two quarters and they're just going to go, well, I guess we just keep doing this. So you've got to be prepared for a push. And I think one of the, you know, the full forewarned is forearmed. So when you're up and about, we should be treating those goals mm. like, like it's the last 10 minutes and we're on the comeback. We've got to start getting more desperate about our percentage, I think, uh, more desperate about putting on that, that big swath of the goals earlier and then expecting the waves to come and, you know, cop a bit of damage, but then turn around and have a fourth quarter that's, you know, we only have to kick two or three goals, you know, and, and, and we're back on it, um, you know, to put, a, to put distance, not kick two or three goals to try and get even and then win it on top of that. You know, we're just making it really hard for ourselves in the fourth quarter. But it's not it's not far off. Like, I found it hard to be really annoyed at that game. I don't know about you guys. I think in the scheme of the season, it's maybe more annoying because we're on this win one, lose one, win one, lose one. Kind of like in the, in the scheme of the season, it's maybe frustrating. But as an actual game, I think it was one of the better games of football this year. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it was, I liked that it was close. I would have <laughs> liked us to win it. Um, I like that they changed things up and it changed the flow of the game. And yeah, if this was our second, second or third loss, you know, um, and we'd had five, five on the trot or something, and then you had this loss or something, like I wouldn't be annoyed at this game. It's just more, I think it's getting people upset because of the the narrative that it might be forming around the rest of the games. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, absolutely. You go, John. <laughs> um. I thought I was going to say, yeah, I think it's just that thing of um, not being able to string those wins together that, you know, should be strung together. Like this week, they were on track to have a good, good win. And then it's just that third quarter. As Chris Scott said, you take that third quarter out, and it was a really solid game by the Cats all night. Like all the young guys were playing really well, senior guys were leading really well. It was just when it, the chips were down, it's the same thing that the young fellas weren't able to step up as much as they were would be would be able to mm. and i feel that that's fair enough um because if it was only if it was only playing his second game sam Bertoni's in his what, first year playing afl so he's a 10th game, tenth or game. Something. um so you can't expect them to just play amazing football when the real pressure is on although i do believe sam Tony played an absolutely fantastic game. He never gave up. He fought hard every night. All, yeah, him, him night. on King was a good was a good matchup. And I, yeah. I did forget to say, which I'll just quickly throw in there, talking about like not putting enough goals on. It's also hard to be angry at the game because four of those were posts. Like, mm. it, like you know, it's it, it's not like you want to just excuse a loss away, but it's not like we were kicking out on the full and and missing by a lot all night there was like four, so four posters is kind of like well there's there's the game there's like yeah. three goals on like you know kick you know, those ones which is only a matter of inches so i don't know I don't, I don't understand the panic sure panic about the season if you want whatever you want to do but this game in itself was was a game that was won and lost on the field there was no real super dodgy umpiring or anything like that there was no, no major i mean we're struggling to put a consistent side together but there was no major, major, major injuries that changed the course of the game. It was, and that's it's just least... football. It's just football. Is, is I think I said that to you after the game, Jack. I think I was like, "That's just football." <laughs> you know, it's just it just it's felt just, like one of those ones. Just felt like one. Of, yeah, it was at least, at least frustrated. Felt towards the umpires. It was like free kicks that were paid against us. I was like, yep, that's there. It was ones that were paid for us, and I was like, "Yep, that's there." But there wasn't many in between. It was like. What the hell was that call for? There may have been one or two, but yeah, there was like there was there was head scratching moments, but as always, it's generally more with the rules themselves that I find mm. the confusion as to, as to the umpires themselves. Uh, I'm generally, you know, you, you need a, a fucking textbook next year of like all yeah. the things that make it holding the ball or not. The yeah. thing I would note about the umpiring, which I didn't necessarily dislike, was they really seemed to want to keep the game flowing, especially in the first two quarters. Yeah, like right, you like... couldn't buy a mark. Like mm. there was, 
clear, like well, not clear mark, but marks that would have been paid nine out of ten times in any other game that were consistently not being called um, mm. when they had control of it, but just lost it at the end. Mm. Um, yeah, they, they really seemed to want to. Oh <laughs> my god! Yeah, yeah the fifth, fifth, not fifteen had become not thirty. I think. Yeah. <laughs> and, I just, um, but I, I think, again, time. I didn't dislike it. Like it made a really um, up tempo first half um and i didn't notice it i felt like maybe they got a little cagey in the second half that there was there was a few more free kicks and stuff um but yeah it was just a, something something to note but that's my general thoughts i suppose yeah it was it was interesting those 15 minutes because there was some that were definitely not 15 and then others that were over 15 that were still mm. play on but in the grand context of the whole game that that's not anywhere near the reason why they lost it was just the cats no. didn't play a good third quarter didn't play a good third Basically. quarter and again like keep kicking four or five posters in a game is is in a close game is always going to hurt and that's always going to be one you can you can look up and go we've got to make sure we're still drilling that drilling oh, those procedures easy goals. i just want those easy ones but in front yeah, I, I just wanted to, to sort of bring attention to that. Like, people are making a lot of, out of the third quarter, and fair enough, because there was that, you know, 20-minute stretch where we just got smashed in centre clearances. Like, there was a couple of times where it just felt like it was sailed through the post, and then it was coming straight back from the from the centre bounce. But, and it's funny to me, people so often blame the defence. It's like, the ball is ricocheting or slingshotting back in so quickly. There's not that time to set up the structure. Um, well, you, and, just and all... look, you just look at St. Kilda's ruck combo. Mm. They were tapping it on a platter to the midfield. It doesn't matter how good your midfield um, defensive is. If the midfield's getting it tapped straight down into them on the, on the full sprint, mm. right into the lat, and able to just, you know, dodge a few players, get it bounced and kick it long, it's going to be extremely difficult as any defender to defend and, that. And they were, St Kilda were pretty ruthlessly efficient up front too. Like they kicked quite a few points, but not many of those were straight misses. They had a couple of posters in there. We had some rushed and there were quite a few like touched as well. Um, so I, yeah, there wasn't like, you know, they, they took the most of their chances, I think. I think too, though, like, and just, you know, like I said, people are making a big deal out of the third quarter. But you look at that second quarter where we kick two goals, five. If you kick mm. five goals, two in that quarter, I feel like St Kilda are, are, are put away by that point. But like, even if they're not, even if you play the rest of that game as it was, that's still enough we would have won. Yes. And so it's, I, it's easy to look at, you know, one part of a game, but you can just as easily point to, to other spots. And it felt like, we had the ascendancy for the majority of the first half. Um, and But for the goal kicking in moments like that second quarter, like I said, two goals, five, I do tend to think that, that is, that's sort of been an ongoing problem for the Cats since pretty much, what, week one? You know, it's it's kind of the exception at the minute, you know, where, where you have a game where you're like, our goal kicking was massively on point there. Like, it, it mm. sort of has followed us around a bit. Um, Jeremy Cameron, I'm really interested with this. You know, week week one against Essendon, he only played limited game time, but two goals. Week two, no goals. Week three, six goals. Week four, one goal. Week five, three goals. Round six, seven. Round seven, zero goals. Round eight, five goals. Round nine, one. So it's it's almost a perfect pattern of handful of goals, mm. no goals, handful of goals, one goal. Um, it's, what's going on? It's like it's it's just a weird thing. It could be a lot of it could be a lot of things. Of course, there could be form and confidence and um, all that kind of stuff. Like I mean, he's not by Geelong standards. He's still a young guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> in our squad, like you know what I mean. Like he's not a super duper 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 experienced player. Um, there could also be the fact that if you, you know, Jeremy Cameron's coming off seven goals, the defense is probably going to be tactically looking at him, not Hawkins. And then what you'll find is, is Hawkins is probably like on a somewhat opposite trajectory that he kicks a handful the week after Jeremy Cameron does. Mm. Um, so, you know, not, I wouldn't blame it all on him. I think the ones we can 
not blame on, but like the ones that are more in his court to rectify other misses. Like his set shots mm. are like 60 40 at best at the moment, I find. <laughs> um, whereas, you know, last year I would have, to a degree, I've said this before, to a degree, I would have backed him over anyone in our, in our squad when he was um, demonstrating his kicking abilities uh, for a set shot from virtually anywhere with inside the 50. Um, and it's just shifted a bit. So now when it's him lining up, I'm really nervous. Yeah, I get it's sort of, I feel like he's become like Hawkins in that when he does have that first kick, if he doesn't get that first goal on mm. his first kick, he's, he's going to have an off night. And he had that first snapshot, which he missed. And then he had an off night in this one directly yeah. in front from like 35. I thought like, yep, now this, this would get us back on track. And he still sh- he shanked it. So And I think sort of all- that confidence... I think Hawkins' experience is such that he is that kind of player. But more often than not now, you see him virtually grab his confidence by the horns and drag it to where he needs it to be. Like, I I feel like Hawkins is in a position now where, although he does get influenced by that first touch, when the chips are down, he can really drag himself out of it and just do the fundamentals. You can see him really think through it all, think through the swing of the foot, kick it right and 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 get himself back on track. Um, where you can kind of tell with Jeremy Cameron's body language and stuff that when he's having an off night, he sort of just looks a little bit lost. His tackles don't stick. His chase isn't quite as good. He's missing some set shots. Um, and even after the shot, he kind of like looks a little bit like, where am I going next? He, he doesn't seem to be in a, in a real set routine. Um, we need... Um... I need Gary Rowan back in to bring in a bit more of that fire. I feel like we're missing a bit of fire in that midfield, in that forward, because Close and Stengel both had fairly quiet nights, and it was just, I suppose there wasn't that fire in the belly of the forward line as annoying is. Like Hawkins had it, and he was trying to mm. inspire into the others, but just for like Cameron, Close, and Stengel just didn't seem to have that go in them this week as they usually do. Maybe that's a bit of tiredness creeping in for some reason um so maybe one of them or a couple of them might get you have a rest this week but um yeah i just feel like they just didn't seem to have that flair that they normally have and it, and that may have been them to st kilda defensive unit um just smothering that energy out of us i think it's also that that it didn't feel like they needed to for the first two mm. quarters and i think the young players are the players you'll probably find that take the foot off the pedal when they're like, oh, we've got it. We've got yeah. this. It's halfway halfway through the game and we're, you know, we're not, yeah, we've missed some kicks, but we're not like in any danger. It was sort um, of like- and then we get smashed out the gate and yeah, it, it can take them a little while to fire up again. I think there was that weird sense of, definitely a false sense of security that we're definitely. dominating so much, but then the scoreboard was mm-hmm. 16 points. Yeah. Well, I mean, at half time, the fucking broadcast come crew were like so saints still a chance and you're yeah. like and you said jay you're like of course they're a fucking chance there's like three straight kicks <laughs> yeah. in it like yeah. <laughs> what are you on about but yeah. that was but that was the vibe on yeah. the field was mm. that we that the cats were just like waiting in any minute now we were gonna we were gonna smash it you know smash them out uh, out of the water what's um but we didn't when we should have and and you know this is what happened What's the go though? I have to raise it, and he, he worked his way into my my you know good books um, last season, and at the minute he's in a bit of a flat patch. Paddy Dangerfield um, was a player I was looking to. I don't know if he's carrying like a niggling injury or something like this. There may be an explanation, but I kept waiting for him, I guess, to to be that player that put the team on his back um, and sort of carried them back in. Now maybe that's just not the stage of his career that he's at or what, but I would have thought that he was still. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know. I just kept expecting a lift out of him and Selwood, you know, he was a game high or, you know, team high 10 clearances, you know, he's turning 34. soon. he's laid five tackles. You said, Sam, while we're watching, does anyone in the comp throw their body at the ball harder you know, than Joel Selwood. And I just kept waiting 
for Dangerfield to go along with him, and it just never happened. I don't know. Am, am I being too harsh on Danger's efforts? No, I don't think so. I think no. being, I think after the last year's efforts and seeing that bar at that level, I think yeah, I think there's a good reason to be a bit down on him. Like yeah, if this was a if this was a straight trajectory and he's gone from career high. And, you know, he's getting a bit quiet. Like, I think he's still worth having in the side. If this is yeah. kind of like his max output, he's getting, you know, getting some clearances, laying a couple of tackles and getting his hand on the ball a, a decent amount. I think that's fine. But we know that he's not, you know, I mean, he's, pay, he's paid the big bucks. He's a superstar. And it's, and this is why we give, we give Narkel a lot of rope, right? Narkel's a young mm. guy. Like, there's so much more. Mm. Um, I, th- I think it's okay to be a little harsh on, on the, the likes of Dangerfield if they're mm-hmm. taking the big bucks and they're taking someone's spot without question every week, you know, unless they're injured, you know, that they, they should be, he should be earning that position. There should, there should be a bit of a bar, statistical bar for what, what he should be bringing to each game. Um, and if there was that laid out on paper, I don't think he would have met that bar for, for a good few weeks now. And One I, and thing I, I'd like to see Dan yeah, do more is um, kick inside 50 a bit more. Like, I feel like our kicks inside 50, when it's not sold or Guthrie, that are going too high. They're too <laughs> lofty. There's too mm-hmm. much time for the team defence to get in and spoil. That's what I noticed a lot against St Kilda was to get really fantastic attacks. And it was that last kick inside 50. It was just weighted in the air. Far too long. Where St Kilda could just run along, smash it out, and there's a player waiting. For time it. time for Johnny's catchphrase. If if uh, structure is my catchphrase, <laughs> lower the eyes. Lower the eyes. Absolutely. That's what we need Dangerfield for. Like yes. get those long, penetrating kicks in that are long but really low and mm. damaging. But he lasers. was probably the worst culprit on mm. on the weekend for pick it up out of the out of the ruck contest and smack it on the boot and it went about 25 meters too high yeah. <laughs> and it leaves the the field of broadcast and then comes down with snow on it um yeah. to like three St Kilda players and poor brad close trying to take a mark over him or something or trying um, to tackle them all and he tried yeah. his harder but yeah i just feel like those kicks inside 50s and even in the midfield were just letting us down letting the saints players get in too easily to shut us down too quickly um, I, I think it's interesting to look at Dangerfield's numbers, you know, 31 touches in the win over Essendon. Uh, then against the Swans, 13 touches. Uh, against Collingwood, 25 touches. Then 19 against Brisbane, 17 against Hawthorne. Didn't play in the North or Frio games. 28 against GWS. Um and, you know, to be fair, I thought the GWS game, you know, uh, wasn't the most high-intensity game. The Essendon game wasn't the most high-intensity game. Two two matches where he's got his highest touches. Um, 21 touches against the Saints. 13 of those were handballs. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just at a point where I, I feel like if... And I don't know because I don't have the, the, the salary cap numbers. But I would go, if you're in the top third of the pay scale, uh, then you wouldn't want to be finding yourself in the bottom third, even the bottom half of, of team output too often. Um, right. So, Absolutely. and look, it might, it not, might not be, might not be amount of numbers either. If, if mm. Dangerfield was only touching it 18 times, but 10 of those were score involvements, you know, you'd be, you'd kind of go, okay. But the problem is he's racking up most of his touches with little slick, very polished, good hand passes but they're hand passes that more or less anyone in our squad could mm. be doing. Like yeah. we're big, we're big believers here in being a team player. And I think Dangerfield should be a team player. You know, we, I don't want him lining up for a kick from 55 when, you know, we, we, know, we know he's not the best uh, set shot taker in the, in, in the, in the group. But I do think some of his touches should be things that are going to be on the front page, that are going to make highlights reels at the end of the season. Like for him to be who he is and everyone, like even they were talking about Jordan Dugowie in the media and compared him saying how he's not demonstrating himself. Um, and they said he's not earning his stripes the way a Patrick Dangerfield does. He's not earning his money the way a Patrick Dangerfield does. And if Patrick Dangerfield is going to be the guy we're going to be, turning to to make those examples 
yeah, I, I think he needs to be making, if not more touches, then way higher impact touches more yeah. often. Yeah, yeah low, low, low impact. Yeah, it's all was, just was, you know. I don't. Th- I don't think anyone. I don't think he's hand passing out of a pack much better than than Guthrie, than Adkins, than Buse. Mm. Like these are all guys that I think are, can I'd trust to to lay thirteen hand passes to the <laughs> yeah. right man a game. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I don't want to hate on him too much. Um, I was really enjoying getting behind him and him sort of like proving us wrong last year and really hitting some form and it's just it yeah it is a little bit frustrating though to, well, to, to feel I, like he's lost it a bit and as you said for, for me it's it's one of those cases of um you know you feel that you can talk a little more critically about the the you know the premier players who have set certain standards now that's not to say as you said he's not playing with some sort of niggling injury and there's, there, there mm. could be a very logical reason for why, it's, but it's fair it's to ask the question, course. you know, like, like the, we asked the questions of Cameron, you know, it's, it's fair to ask those questions. Um, wanted to talk though about, um, so some sort of standout players, obviously we're going to do our three, two, one votes. Um, it, and, but I just didn't know if you wanted to talk about some players who you thought did well, who may not necessarily uh, grab a vote from you. Um, I, yeah, I, I, for me, Zach Guthrie is not in my votes, but I think he should be in the team pretty much every week. I, I don't understand why there's I agree. Um, so much hatred mm. for Zach Guthrie. Anyone else Definitely. got one? Um, <laughs> And look, um, I don't, I'm going to say, be, oh, sorry, you I thought that was another solid outing by him. Um, they made a few little blunders, but apart from those few errors, which were probably in the third quarter, I feel like he still played a fairly solid, solid game in his second game for the Cats. So I feel like that um, he's making a nice spot for himself in that team, and I don't think it won't it won't be long until he's a uh, 22 player. The cats. Um, I think he's got the skill, he's got the ability, and he's got the composure to make a really good impact for the cats. I, I think it's it's for me with him. You can see everything that the cats see in him. It's just a body thing. I just think he needs to get mm. stronger, bit bigger, bit stronger, grow into his body more. There were a few times where um, I said to Sam, you know, he hit the deck after going up for a mark, and it just takes him that bit longer to get up. And I remember being of that, I mean, to, you know, fuck, to an extent, you know, all of us non-athletes still are. You just see some guys, I guess, who have had a lot of pre-seasons and who have had a lot of strength training. They just rebound up back to their feet so quickly, whereas some of the guys mm. who don't yet have those pre-seasons under their belt, well, they really it's take It's like something cup. like Jed Buse. You know those you know, yeah. the toys, the wooden toys where you push the bottom and they just fall down? And yeah. And you let it go and they like the toy, like the giraffe or whatever, stands yeah. straight back up. <laughs> That's what Jed Buse is like after attack, laying or receiving a tackle or just slipping over. It's just like it's like he's bounced and he's just standing back up and going. <laughs> going didn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Sambo, any players sort of um, on your radar that aren't vote getters? I would say DeConing. I think I I feel like DeConing acquitted himself pretty well against a pretty handy um, uh, forward. I think you know I'd like to think that we might be seeing the birth of some kind of rivalry between those two guys. Mm. Um, you know, both young up and coming players at the opposite end of the ground. Um, uh, and yeah, I think he, you know, again, there's, there's a couple of times there where you go, that's just age. That's just experience there. Um, but most of the time I thought he, he positioned himself really well. Uh, he contested really well. Um, and he put his body on the line for the, for the sake of the club a lot. So yeah, I, I couldn't really fault his, his efforts. Something for yeah. Sam DeConing too. Um, it doesn't show up in his sort of basic stats. So he only took the four marks. Um, but, you know, you click over and into the slash advanced stats. Um, actually led the game, both teams, for intercepts. So not intercept marks, just any possession that was an intercept. Um, had 11 uh, intercepts. What's an intercept? Yeah, what's a oh, very easy to accumulate intercept marks these days, isn't it? You just very take the mark. Um, so I thought that was good, you know, to see out of him. He also won three free kicks, 
Uh, a sort of a stat I kind of like to see is the, you know, which players can sort of win you, you know, a free opportunity at the ball, whether it's, you know, holding the ball or getting themselves in a good position, you know, where the opponent mm. only has the ability to foul you or let you have the possession sort of thing. So um, three free kicks for, didn't give away any free kicks, Sam DeConing. So I'd like to see that as well. Um, you guys got any more thoughts on this game or will we get to our votes? Just quickly, because I, I know we you know we are running on, and it'd be good to get to the votes. I would like to say, after all the negativity and all that kind of stuff, like yeah, there was some really good shit. Like it was like, yeah, like again, totally. why I don't like even you know. So we hit four posts. They outplayed us in the third. The fourth was a bit of a struggle. Like some of the passages of play, some yeah. of the handballs out of pressure in the back to the midfield, and then a little pop over the like Hawkins kick, like the it was like a, a soccer through ball. Over mm. the top to Myers, like I, I like like seventy seventy five percent of this game, maybe maybe that's generous. Maybe sixty five percent of this game was looked like what I'd like to see our games look like. Mm. Um, and then you know probably a, a, another another twenty percent was just okay. And then mate, it's probably only like fifteen percent down down the bottom there. That's kind of like that was bad mm. in any way. So, um. I, yeah, I still I still think maybe you know we we've we've dropped to the mid table. I think we'll come up for sure. Maybe we won't. Maybe we'll we only make the finals at the end of the year. But all that in mind, like I, it's still pretty exciting to watch this team start to get some synergy. And when it's on, like I don't think any I'm I'm of course biased, but I don't think any club looks as good playing football as we do at our best at even now, even with some lost players, some old players and some young guys coming through. Um, it's just, it's just a thing of beauty. And, a, and even in a loss, I'm really glad to be a cats fan and be able to sit there and, and watch some of the best in the biz do their shit and, and teach the next generation to how to do it too. So yeah, yeah I, I want to keep things pretty like it was a fun game to watch. You know? It was a it's fun. It was a bloody tough game to watch. It was a tough, mm-hmm. physically tough game to watch. To watch that there there was some of those tackles boy they were not light on the tackles they were no. just like slamming each other into the ground and mm. there was a lot of times i was like ooh, ooh. yeah <laughs> and I, I haven't reacted like that to tackles in a long time where i've gone oh that looks like a bloody hurt going down man. and yet according to the commentary a low pressure game because their fucking pressure rating was some fucking bullshit yeah. thing I feel like the pressure was immense throughout the entire game from both sides. But yeah, as, Sam, as you're saying, Sam, it was a lot of stuff in that game would look magnificent, look really exciting, and was really great to see them play that way of football. And as, as, we've, as we've harped on about, it was just kicking those goals that sh- need to be kicked, and mm. it wouldn't be such a somber episode will be more of going wow look at look how good they play and i I feel like i say this every week i feel like i say this every week about something it's not always goal kicking or whatever but if you take those four posters and make just those ones or just half of those ones goals and we win this game like it's just like it's a completely different outlook on the way we play like you know it's always the way we and the media and the fans will look at all the negatives because we lost and we'll gloss over the positives and if we win, but if we had win, if you if, if we had won, if you took some of those posters and made them goals and we'd won, I feel like half of these negatives we've, we've noticed and picked up on wouldn't be addressed, and no. we'd get smashed next week, you know, because we haven't addressed them and they're they're things that you need to learn, you know, we need to have these things and you need to learn the lessons, otherwise you're just keeping the same, making the same mistakes over and over. Close games, close games teach you lessons. Floggings don't. Well, well I, I, and and I I think too. Um, that's why, like, you know, people saying like, oh, you know, they're, you know, we're what, you know, five and four, and we're 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 shagged or whatever, you know, the finals are gone. One, I think that's needlessly negative, but two, I think you know when you hear people have a crack about, oh, this team, they're gutless, absolutely gutless. All right, just a little, you know, memory check for you. This is the team that came back from five goals down against Collingwood in the last quarter and won. This is the team that beat the Brisbane Lions uh, minus Joel Selwood and Tom Stewart. This is the team that went up uh, to Monica Oval where we'd lost previously to the Giants and beat the Giants on the road without Joel Selwood. 
you know, that's this team too. That's the, the, the character of the club as well. And, and I we almost came back with, um, a couple of weeks ago when Blixky, that goal, like we've left our run too late sometimes, but we have demonstrated some guts to come back too. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and that's, I just think such an unfair criticism to say that they're gutless or soft or anything like that. Like they're the furthest thing from it. But what I think you can look at this Cats team and say is that they are developing and they're in transition. Um, I would wager that there will be a significant amount of dudes um, not in the hoops again next year. Um, you know, you could be looking at guys like Salwood. You could be looking at guys like Stewart. Uh, sorry, not Stewart, but uh, Stanley. You could be looking at guys like Zach Tui, who played an absolute ripper of a game. So one, I would say enjoy the development of some of these young guys. Remember, Max Holmes was looking lights out before he got injured. Mm. Uh, we've got Max Holmes. Tom Adkins has gone to another level this season. His disposal, that ball to Jeremy Cameron in the opening quarter. So enjoy the development of the young players, which is happening for all those people who say they and never also, play kids. They're playing kids. Um, and and, and make just remember, them... we've got Menangola coming back. We've got Gary Rowan. Well, the one, I was I was on a similar path, John, and I was going to bring up Jack Henry. Yeah, like yeah. no no one's kind of like mentioning the fact that we're missing did like the our Lord and Savior from the back half of the season last year. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> like, <exactly>. You know, <laughs> Kylo Ren isn't even there. Yeah, and and what, and you know, Jonathan Segler was a there was clearly a plan to strengthen the ruck stocks this year. They drafted one in Toby Conway. They brought one in from Hawthorne um, and they, they've, you know, obviously you wouldn't have expected Conway to start this year, but Segler, I think would have been pushing the start. You would have been seeing him or Stanley, whoever was strongest, but Segler has been injured. There's so many injuries we're dealing with. I, I, I just think people should really make the most of and not take for granted watching the team, but more importantly, watching some of the players who might not be in hoops again. Um, because eventually even the best ones go and Selwood was immense and, and we should never take watching him for granted. And it's just exciting. Absolutely we're, we're building again. We've got to be, get ready for it. That's Joel Selwood um, for this future. Mm. We're not going to have Selwood around us. The saviour, uh, speaking of the saviours, the ultimate saviour to come around and save us mm. in the near future. So just enjoy watching an absolute champion and legend of the game play for for your team and for people who worry about how dark the future looks without salwood uh well our best two wins of the season came without him so have have a bit of faith have a bit of pride in the hoops all right let's go and do some fucking votes um i'll lead it i'll lead us off um i'm going one vote to the aforementioned Joel Selwood, um, one vote probably seems a little bit harsh, but I just it was a really hard week. Actually, I found it really hard. Like there are two or three other players I wanted in my votes who haven't got in. Um, I had to get really brutal with it. So one vote to Selwood. Uh, I'm giving two votes to Tom Stewart, who racked up an absolute shitload of the ball, who took a bunch of marks, um, was trying to take you know, mark of the year, but had to settle for spoil of the year on multiple occasions. Uh, and I'm giving three votes to Zach Tui, the Moroccan sunset, two goals, 25 odd disposals. Um, he was brilliant. I, I really thought it was hands down his best game of the season and, and just showed off his full bag of tricks. What about you, John? Where are you going with yours? I'm going one vote to Sam DeConey. I thought that was, Brilliant game by Sam to keep Max King to what two goals, um, big one or two goals. It wasn't a lot, and not right. a lot of disposals either. So I thought it was a really big mm. opportunity for him to show himself. And I was a bit worried uh, about Max King dominating because he has done that against us before. And I was mightily impressed by Sam Deconian to keep him to such low numbers and also get some numbers himself. Mm. I'm going to give. Two votes to Tom Hawkins, and just another great game by Tom to and bring in players in his forward line into the game as well. 
He could have kicked probably five, maybe six goals himself, but usual Tom Hawkins is um, um, not selfish at all. He's the most unselfish player you can see out on the on the playing field. And also a magnificent kick to Brian Myers. <laughs> and I'm giving my three votes to the captain, Joel Selwood. Beautiful. Like it. What about you? Sambo. Uh, I'm giving I'm giving one vote to Tom Adkins, yeah. who I think, you know, he's a he is a bit of a um I do have a soft spot for him in general. Um, but I thought he was like a little mini Joel Selwood. I thought he was smashing and just never, never gave up. He's not the slickest user of the ball. But even then, I thought he was, I thought he did pretty good things with the ball when he did have it. Uh, and some of the tackles he laid, the chases, the smothers, the spoils. Um, yeah, I thought he was, he was all over the ground and really, to me, demonstrated why he's not, you know, we want Zach, Zach Guthrie in, but Tom Adkins is certainly not the one to drop for him. Um, my two votes go to Joel Selwood um, because it's like, ditto what I just said about, about Tom Adkins, <laughs> but slightly more. Uh, and my three votes go to the Moroccan sunset, Zach Tui, um, for just a, yeah, a, a blinding performance and a great, probably my favourite goal of the game. We had some good ones in there, but that uh, that little handoff to him um mm for him to run through and, and smash it was yeah that was exactly the kind of goals i want to see a few more of in our, in our squad absolutely uh, that leaves... probably the most casual hand pass i've ever seen <laughs> 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 that leaves mark blixarves clutching the lead of our most valuable player votes 25 votes after nine weeks joel selwood 24 votes in second place tom stewart on 20 votes. Zach Tui in fourth place on 15. Jeremy Cameron in fifth on 12. So that is your top five on the Chaps Chat Cats MVP. Um, we might do a check in on fantasy outcomes on our preview pod this week. Otherwise, we're going to run way over the top. So we'll, we'll, we'll check. Uh, the fantasy scores on the preview pod. I'm going to keep you waiting until then. We'll do our team selection Ooh. on the preview pod. Um, on that one... You might actually know who the fucking teams are then. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, big congratulations too to the VFLW Cats uh, who had a massive win in round 12 of the VFLW. They're off to the finals. They defeated Darabin Falcons. By 52 points, a massive game for Chloe Shear, who racked up tw 27 touches, eight clearances, and Ooh. five marks. Um, big stuff. So we're going to have to figure out how we're going to run this podcast uh, if the AFLW is coming back in August. It's going to be a very tight schedule. Well, we're just going to have to do two recaps in one episode, aren't we? Two recaps, two, recaps two preview two pods, yep. draft wars in the middle. <laughs> draft wars. Hey, this is the cable we got ourselves into, and let's relish it while we can. Absolutely. Um, speaking of draft wars, you can watch that. Go to the Hoops Show YouTube channel. Um, make sure you subscribe to the Hoops Show, and you can watch us every Wednesday with Draft Wars, a game of skill, valor, and mostly luck as we each draft a randomized team of four cats to compete. You can also see our mugs. That's right. You can see our faces. It's a video show. Go subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review, Twitter, all that. Go cats. Go cats. Go cats.